Welcome to the Conscious Recordings. This recording will dedicate itself to the topic of kosher winemaking process. This is part one. This recording is dedicated Liuli Nishmas Rebensiyon Ben David. Let's begin. To start with, in halacha, wine has a special sacred place. Wine was used to be poured on the Mizbeach and when it comes to a Dovash Bekadusha, some kind of a holy act, whether it's making Kiddush or at the marriage ceremony, under the Chuppah, wine is used. When it comes to Havdalah, wine is also preferable to be used as well. So when it comes to doing something of a holy stature, wine is used because wine has a sacred place in Halacha, in Jewish law. La Havdal Elif Havdalah is to separate from the holy and the non-holy, in, in uh, wine was also used for idolatrous purposes back in the day, and therefore there was a concern that if a non-Jew made wine, there's a possibility that they use the wine for idolatrous purposes. Therefore, all wine for, is forbidden. So wine that was used by a non-Jew for idolatrous purposes is called yayin nesach, that was poured for idolatrous purposes, is forbidden to have any benefit from whatsoever and it's, um, it's a Vodazara Mamish. Today, most of the wine that we have made by non-Jews is not used for idolatrous purposes, but rabbinically, Midrabanan, the Chachomim prohibited the consumption and, in most cases, the benefit from wine that was made by a non-Jew, even just regular wine, which is called Stam Yayin. It's just called um, plain wine that was made by a non-Jew, and this is because the Chachamim, the rabbis, made an enactment, Ke'en Shaltayra, similar to that of the Torah. And they said that any wine that was made by a non-Jew is not kosher to be drink. It's not allowed to have, you're not allowed to drink it whatsoever. As far as benefit goes, the Mechaber, the Beis Yosef, writes clearly that we're not even allowed to have any benefit from such wine. And the Ramah and the Shach, the Ramah is the, is the codifier that the Ashkenazim follow, the, 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 the Mechab and the Beis Yosef is the Svardic opinion who holds that we're not allowed to have any benefit from the wine. The Ramah and the Shach say there, there is a, uh, only in a case of financial loss one may derive benefit from Yayin Stam, Stam Yenam, wine that was made by Ananju today. Um, and th- there's an additional thing the Chachamim enacted with regards to this halacha, there's an additional reason. The reason is, the, is because as a gzeda of chasnas, the Gemara brings down, that it's a, it's a prohibition to prevent the mingling of the Jew and the non-Jew, which could lead to intermarriage. And this is the basis for the halachas with regards to wine and the iser of stam yenam, wine that we have today. Now, how does the, the winemaking process itself work? So, the halachis of wine that require a Jewish person to handle the wine itself begin once the grapes are actually crushed. When the grapes are in whole format, there's no issue with the non-Jew handling the grapes. Once the grapes are crushed with the intent of making them into wine, then they have to be handled exclusively by the Jew itself. So, in a manufacturing setting, when you, for example, you'll have the grapes loaded onto a gondola, and then the mashkiach would then lift the gondola to pour it into the vat or to the crush, 
so that the mashkiach is the one actually pouring the grapes to have them crushed, or in some cases the grapes get poured into a hopper, in which case the mashkiach would then be the one also to turn that on, and at that, from, that, from the actual feeding the grapes into the, to the crush, that, from that point and onwards has to be done exclusively by the Jewish person, and the wine may not be handled by a non-Jew at, at any point of the process, and the wine then has to be completely sealed and double sealed, at which point, once it's in a sealed bottle, it can be handled, double sealed bottle, it can be handled by a non-Jew. Throughout the winemaking process, additionally, wine is also sampled throughout the process, and the entry points for the sampling are also sealed by the mashkiach, and the sampling is done by the mashkiach itself to make sure that only a mashkiach is the one handling the wine. Now, there's also a halacha with regards to wine that's called mevushal. Shulchan Aruch says that if the wine is cooked, there is no concern about a non-Jew using the wine for idolatrous purposes because once the wine is cooked, it's no longer considered to be so, so, such good wine. And therefore, if the wine is cooked, then it will be allowed to be handled. Once it's already cooked, it can be handled by a non-Jew at that point. So now we have two different types of wines available on the marketplace. We have wine that's called Mevushal cooked wine, and we have wine that's not Mevushal. I will now explain the difference between the two. Mevushal wine, generally speaking, is of lesser quality, and can once it's already made Mevushal, prior to it being cooked in the process, it's totally guarded, it's only handled by a Jew. Once it's actually cooked, it can be handled by a, a, with a non-Jew, because there's no concern of it being used for, for idolatrous purposes at that point, and the Chachamim were not goyzer. And that um, did not prohibit that. Wine that's not mevushal is of a better quality type of a wine, and such wines cannot be handled by a non-Jew at all. When a person purchases the wine, after it's already been made in a factory by mashkichim, by kosher supervisors, from once the, before the crush, all the way till the bottling, uh, double sealing process, if you buy a bottle of non-mevushal wine in your home, you have to be careful to make sure it's being handled only by a from person in the home. If a person has non-Jewish household help, this is a problem if you have an open bottle of non-mevushal wine. If the non-Jewish person poured the, the non-mevushal wine, then the wine becomes not kosher. And this is something that you have to be very careful about. And, and this is also um, something that could happen if you leave the wine in the refrigerator and if it's not sealed. So therefore, if you have an open bottle of non-mevushal wine, you have to make sure it's double sealed before putting it back in the refrigerator and make sure the seal's intact next time you come to the wine. When it comes to seeing non-mevushal wine, there is also a, a, a halacha, it's, it's, it is a, there's a, an inya, not a halacha, excuse me, there's a, a zihiris, a pikabola, there's a stringency, a pikabola, according to Kabbalah, based from, brought down from the Shalaha Kodesh, which is known as re'iyas akum, where a non-Jew should not see wine that's not mevoshal, just seeing, uh, that's going to be used for sacred purposes. So wine that's going to be used for Kiddush, for example, would be an example of a sacred purpose as opposed to just drinking wine casually for supper. 
and, and you know, going for a meal. So wine that's going to be used for sacred purposes, a non-Jew shouldn't see. That's a chumrah, that's a stringency that someone should be aware of. Um, most wineries cannot necessarily adopt that chumrah because they may have, non-Jews may see it, some of them can, and one has to really call the heksher to verify if that particular wine that you want to consume was produced with this particular stringency of the Shalah HaKadosh where no non-Jew saw it. Similarly, when you consume such wine in your home, if you have a situation where there's a non-Jew around, you have to be cognizant of this issue as well, and the wine has to be covered um, in this regard. Another halacha regarding non-Mavoshal wine is uh, another, it's, a, it's brought down in, in the Rambam, but we don't paskin that this halacha. The Rambam writes that wine that's not Mavoshal should specifically be used for Kiddush because it's more praiseworthy, it's, it's, it's something that would be poured on the Mizbeach, and specifically that's what should be used for Kiddush. Um, we don't follow that opinion, la halacha. Other opinions disagree. Some people are stringent to specifically prefer to use non-mevushal wine for Kiddush based on the Rambam. Now, if someone's in a Chabad house setting, for example, that's not a practical stringency to take upon themselves because you may have um, people sometimes through various means that may not be Jewish, maybe they're in the process of converting, what have you, and therefore that's going to be an issue, and therefore it's not necessarily practical to do so. Now, with regards to wine that the seal is already opened, um, the, um, this, if the seal is broken, then the wine is considered to be, open, to, be, to be already handled and opened, and if a non-Jew handles it willingly, with for the sake of the, for the intention of pouring it, it becomes not kosher. If a non-Jew just opened the refrigerator door and didn't actually handle the wine, you should ask a shayla by a rub. It depends on what what exactly had happened at that time. So, in summation, with non-mavushal wine, while it's very praiseworthy, it is something that requires a lot of extra care, and then therefore a person has to be a little bit careful with regards to handling it. One more halacha I'm going to bring down with regards to wine is the halacha of nitzuk chibur, which means when you pour something, it's connecting to what, what's being poured, it's connecting into the drink. So, for example, if you have non-mavoshal wine, if it's being poured into a cup that has non-kosher wine, or wine that was not mavoshal, was drank by a non-Jew, then... If there's remnants of that wine in, the wine that's going to be poured is going to connect to the wine in the cup and it's going to make the wine that's in the bottle also yayin that was um, handled by a non-Jew and it's going to become non-kosher for that reason. So handling non-kosher, handling non-revushal wine in the, in the presence where you have non-Jewish people is a very sensitive thing and has to be done really with a mashkiach who's just designated just for handling the wine, and there's a lot of steps that have to be taken. All the glasses have to be washed out at ambient temperature, and has to be washed, the, the wine has to be poured only by the mashkiach into, into clean cups, etc., etc. It's a detailed process to be aware of. With regards to the halachas about mevushal temperatures, there are different opinions in amongst the certifiers, the kosher certifiers, the hechsherim, about what temperature is necessary to create wine that's called mevushal. Mevushal does not have to be 
boiling wine, rather Shulchan Aruch says you have to heat the wine up to a temperature where it's going to, where some of the wine is going to evaporate, it's going to be nechsa. Nechsa means it's going to lose some of its mass. Now, depending on the type of equipment being used, it will also sometimes affect what temperature is necessary. In the mainstream hashkachas, the minimum temperature some echshedim use is 170 Fahrenheit. The more mainstream temperature that's accepted for mevushal temperature would be um, 185. Some echshedim go as high as like 187. Some echshedim go even higher. The Tzelem Arav went to 190, and some echshedim go even to like 194. So those are the temperatures that you have with regards to what's considered to be mevushal, and that's where you're going to get into different opinions about what's required in terms of temperature to create mevushal, which, which would, again, have the effect where some of the wine will dissipate and it's going to evaporate and it's going to qualify for what the Shulchan Aruch says is going to be nechsar. In addition, there is a, um, generally speaking, mevushal for wine happens once the grapes are turned into wine. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein was matter permitted that you can actually boil the grapes at that stage to also create mevushal once it's still in grape form. Some hechshedim rely on that as well. In the next recording, we're going to discuss the halachas of wine coming from Eretz Yisrael. Thank you.